Hello, citizens of the realm, and welcome to the first ever episode of AJ and Portia's Declassified Pop Culture Survival Guide. I know the name's a little bit of a mouthful, but bear with us. My name's AJ. And I'm Portia. And we're going to be talking about all things pop culture. Uh, but today, we want to focus on the finale of Game of Thrones. Uh, Portia, do you want to say anything before we get started? Um, we're excited that we're going to be starting this. We hope you guys enjoy it as much as we do. We really have no idea what we're doing. We just really enjoy watching a lot of movies, listening to a lot of new music, watching a lot of stupid TV that we find entertaining. We like, you know, talking to ourselves about it, to each other about it. We're just going to talk to you guys, hopefully, about it one day, um, bringing you guys onto the show, having your comments on it, and we just hope you guys like listening to it, and we're just going to see where this shit takes us. So before we get started, quick disclaimer, um, I've never read any of the books. I've seen all the episodes once, never really had a desire to rewatch them. I'm like the bare minimum fan of Game of Thrones, so <laughs> all of my facts and opinions might not be 100%, but AJ here, the super fans, read everything, knows everything, so... His opinions might matter more than mine. <laughs> well, this is really Portia's show. I'm just her fact checker. Well, I'm glad this was established now. Everyone take note for future <laughs> references and recordings. Um, yeah, no, but I don't know if I'd call myself a super fan. But Okay, our, Lord Estrada. <laughs> our, our cats are named after characters, uh, Rhaegar and Balerion, the Black Dread. Yeah, if it was up to Portia, our cats would be named Jeff and something else. Um, but let's go ahead and dive right into the show. Uh, this episode named Iron Throne really picked up where the bells left off. We're set here in the aftermath of King's Landing. Rip. Uh, with all the <laughs> ashes flowing around and Daenerys takes the stage, um, with, You uh, mean Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> it was very Hitler-esque, right? It reminded me of, um, actually Dwight Schrute when he was up there giving the speeches at that paper convention it was pretty awesome but <laughs> but one of the things that really stuck out to me about this scene was one of the most iconic shots now in all of game of thrones with drogon's huge black wings sprawling out from behind daenerys's back in almost like a maleficent like fashion it was I mean the only <laughs> redeeming thing of this whole entire episode <laughs> we, got, we have a lot of episodes left to talk about don't trash it yet but i mean i think that was uh a really amazing shot and just speaks to the overall great cinematography that we've come to know and expect from Game of Thrones. And a lot of people have been down on this season, but I think that's not a reason for it to be. Before the speech and this amazing shot, though, we are in King's Landing and we see the fallout of the nuclear explosion that was Drogon on the city of King's Landing. And John and Tyrion are walking through the streets we see a man with his back completely tore open. We see a man with his face almost completely melted off. It was gross. It was so gross. And um, we have a few confrontations here. One of them being Tyrion going down to see if Jamie and Cersei are still alive. And they're not. I know. And you can see the total heartbreak in Tyrion's eyes and 
you know, his facial expressions just drop, seeing his sister and brother just completely pummeled to death by these bricks. And, I mean, he knew that his sister just totally sucked and... <laughs> she, like, she totally sucked. I mean, <laughs> for lack of better terms. I mean, he loved his brother to death, but he did have hopes that they would escape. And I think that was the final straw in him, you know, going back upstairs after Danny's Hitler speech and throwing his hand to the king badge at her and just saying, I'm quit, I'm done, I'm I'm out. Yeah, I think... Uh... That was a little bit of the last hope that Tyrion had left in this world. Um, even though he hated his sister, he loved his brother, like you just said. Uh, but seeing that hand sticking out of the rubble and his reaction after it was really heartbreaking. And he has a feel for Tyrion. Uh, he completely believed in Daenerys. It's and, the only one I felt for. And he um, <laughs> I feel for the either of both of them. He uh, completely believed in Daenerys, and he admitted in this episode that he was in love with her. Uh, so you can imagine the heartbreak for him. But speaking of another one of Daenerys's lovers. John has his own confrontation in the streets with Grey Worm. Oh, yeah, when he was walking the streets and saw that Grey Worm was with those um, Lannister soldiers when he was sentencing them all to death when John was walking with Sir Davos. That was intense. Yeah, Davos has a few great lines here asking Grey Worm and challenging him, how much lower or defeated do you want these men to be? And uh, Grey Worm is... And he's like, I just want to kill him all. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, you know, Grey Worm is from Essos. So the Unsullied and he and even da- Daenerys, they don't really follow the, the rules of war, if there are any, um, in Westeros. And, you know, in Westeros, if you are surrendered, you're taken in as a prisoner and dealt with that way. The Unsullied and Daenerys are a little more ruthless than that. And there's a really tense moment when it seemed that John and... At Grey Worm, we're going to come to blows. I wanted it to happen, Loki. I kind of wanted it to happen too. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I admire. Grey Worm just like stabbed Jon Snow in the street. Or I think Jon Snow would win that fight, to be honest. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I love the most about Jon Snow is that he doesn't care what banners you fly and what house you support. Um, he's going to do what's right. He didn't win this time. Uh, <laughs> he didn't win any time, actually. He lost everything, but that's besides uh, the point. Um, but yeah, Grey Worm just proceeds to execute all the Lannister men and makes it a point that he doesn't follow orders from anyone but Daenerys. Uh, so, John. Because he's actually the only loyal person on the show to her. <laughs> in the long run. In the long run, yeah. Grey Worm <laughs> was the last loyal person to Daenerys to the end. Um, but all besides of this, Drogon. all of, besides Drogon, <laughs> right? Um, all of this leads Tyrion and John making sure that they need to go talk to Daenerys, and that's what leads us to the speech. Tyrion looks like you put it earlier, real uncomfy. <laughs> yeah, because you know, like you said, that he believed in her, and then he walked up to this Hitler-esque speech, and that's when he said, like, you know, I believed in you, and. She told him that, you know, you freed your brother mm-hmm. and you committed treason. And he, he said, well, you slaughtered a city. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a really good line. Um, and it, it really lands. Tyrion throws his hand of the pin, uh, sorry, hand of the king pin down those steps in front of Daenerys' entire army to see. When all of them were just staring, that was intense. Yeah, so you see him do that. The, uh, the unsullied stop banging their spears into the ground 
And I was actually really nervous. I feared for Tyrion in that moment. I, I thought, thought they, they all were going to chuck their spears at him and just like kill him right there. Well, that wouldn't be safe because they'd probably end up hitting <laughs> Daenerys too. But I did think that she would have had him. That, that would that would have been some kind of finale there. See, um, I want like havoc, but that never happens, I guess. But um, what ends up happening is Tyrion gets thrown in prison and awaiting his ultimate execution, or so he thinks. Um, and that leads to John coming to see him. Yeah, when he was talking to him in his prisoner cell. And I really did like the line where he was like, oh, John, you know where I'm going. Is there life after death? <laughs> I thought that was really funny. That was pretty funny, yeah. And, you know, John answered that age-old mystery to us. No, there's nothing. And Tyrion says, well, oblivion is better than anything I could have hoped for. That's true. I mean, considering what all these people have been through in the long run. Yeah, I thought that this was a really powerful scene, and it was another great moment of acting from Tyrion. Um, he is telling John just how disappointed he is in Daenerys. They're actually kind of sharing this. John's not saying so much as Tyrion is, but uh, Tyrion reveals John that just does he, his usual crying, soft crying. Tyrion reveals that he was in love with Daenerys and um, that he now sees that that was a mistake. And he is ready to end her uh, but he needs john's help and it seems as though john might not have been convinced in that moment um but the next scene shows us what john really thought about that uh, that was wild <laughs> but was, before we get into wild. that though i really appreciated the the callback to um maester Amon's line uh, early on in the series where he tells john that love is the death of duty and Tyrion's actually impressed. He's like, did you just come up with that, dude? Uh, no, he didn't. Uh, Tyrion, not to be outdone, responds that sometimes duty is the death of love. And like, I don't even know who Master Eamon was, so... <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, that's another podcast. Uh, well, let's move on to the Tune next, next scene. <laughs> Take us into that one, Portia. Um, the death of the almighty Daenerys Targaryen. Spoiler alert, you're just going to go right into it? Yes. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what they're asking for is the review of the last episode, I suppose. Just to be clear, no one's asking for this. <laughs> well, you clicked it, you're asking for it. Um, I mean, I actually didn't see it coming, so if that, you know, if that shows who I am as a person, but I thought it was crazy. I mean, he had me fooled. He had her fooled, so. I saw it coming um, when John gave her every opportunity to show some hint of uh, remorse or um, you know hesitation but she was just and still is in full conquer mode and he sees that he's got to put an end to this you know uh, John has always been a member of the Night's Watch who sees themselves as uh, the shield that guards the realms of men so in that moment I think what's he just, wrong with women you know, it's men as in humankind, men and women. John, John is pretty progressive. He's, he's for everybody. I know. John's still for president. Um, but Westeros great again. In that, in that moment, he's, I feel for him. He's so heartbroken. Uh, and he knows what he has to do. And he kills her. He does the most John thing, sacrifices his love for Daenerys. And... Um, you know, he knows that he's probably going to get killed for us, but it's the right thing to do in that moment, and it's Jon Snow. Total, total Jon Snow moment, but 
I mean, it scared me, though, when Drogon came out of there. I was like, he's about to get roasted. Yeah. I was like, oh, rip. That sucks. Yeah, he um, <laughs> he definitely should have gotten roasted, I think. Um, there's a lot of that back That would have been and- a cool finale if he just gets roasted. I mean, John would have then died. If you, if you already know the outcome of the plot, John would have then given up his life for a free north, broken the wheel... Or so they say, um, and did, sacrificed everything, his life again for the people of Westeros. I think John's the most underappreciated person of all time in Westeros. Um, and you know, Drogon comes in; he's gonna presumably kill John, but he looks at the Iron Throne, and apparently is a lot more insightful than any human in Westeros or maybe even here on Earth and takes pause and identifies the Iron Throne. Assumes this dagger <laughs> comes from the Iron Throne and well, what? <laughs> well, in my conversations with people online and in person, <laughs> um, they are convinced that Drogon had the insight to know that the real thing that killed Daenerys was her endless pursuit of power and the Iron Throne. How? It's a dragon. Yeah, I know. And it's not even Smog, the dragon that we're talking about, like in okay, Lord of the Rings. Okay, I barely Rings, know. But, I barely know Lord of the Rings. We can't get there. Uh, just Please. Just it up, Smog was a dragon that could speak and was like obsessed with the gold and could actually think and stuff like that. I but know I could speak Loki yeah, anyway. Yeah, speak. <laughs> but um, we're supposed to believe, apparently, that uh, Drogon is super insightful and wise and not just this big brute of a dragon that can burn cities to the ground. So he melts the Dragon iron throne. Dragon fuel can melt iron beams. Iron beams, apparently. <laughs> um, uh, so he, he melts the iron throne because I guess we needed the throne to be destroyed. And so Bran can wheel it around. Yeah, we, got it. we, had, we had to make that, <laughs> that, 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 we had to make that throne somehow a wheelchair accessible. And it was just, <laughs> and it, it was just too big. So um, Drogon finishes melting the iron throne and then... Uh, picks Daenerys off and flies off into the sunset. Never to be seen again, apparently. I just want to know, like, did he eat her? Where did she go? I don't... Well, I don't know. Maybe there will be a spinoff about it, but I really <laughs> hope really not. messed up. <laughs> <laughs> One hour special, where did he take her? <laughs> but they can't afford CGI for John to pet Ghost, but they can have a one-hour special of where did Drogon take Daenerys. So after all that, there's some kind of a time jump. Apparently, John is thrown into prison for what I'm just guessing is a few weeks. And all the major lords and ladies of Westeros are invited to the Dragon Pit to uh, talk about the future of Westeros and what should be done with Jon and Tyrion. We're in the Dragon Pit, boys. We're in the Dragon Pit now. Um, You can't forget that one random Dornish guy, though. Right, yeah, I was just (laughs) about to talk about that. We see a lot of characters that we haven't seen in many seasons, such as... Uh, Robin Aaron, the hot milk boy. The sure, apparently, <laughs> apparently on the internet, people are wondering what was in Lysa Aaron's milk to make him so hot. I don't see it, but hot milk boy. Yeah, okay, hot milk boy. Um, there's Edmure Tully there, who <laughs> we'll get him in a little bit. Uh, and in this scene, they're here to talk about uh, who's going to be the new leader of Westeros. And but, but why? I just. I mean, granted, coming from someone, like I said earlier, that, you know, I don't know many of these important characters. Obviously, I know Samwell. 
I know the Stark children. I know, I know most of these people, but I'm not sure as to why Grey Worm gets a say or why he was even present. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess Grey Worm is the last ranking member that is tied to Daenerys's, um reign, if you will. It only lasted a day. Oh, yeah, so, like, then why does he get any sort of opinion? Uh, the show has us believe that it's... Uh, they want to make sure that they're pleasing him because he has the backing of Yara Greyjoy. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, and um, they want to make sure that they don't start a war, so... Uh, and also, like, Tyrion is their prisoner, too, yet Tyrion gets to come to the dragon pit and pretty much single-handedly decides... Chooses the king of Westeros. Decides the rest of the fate of Westeros and chooses the king, which is Bran Stark. Um, and why do they let, like, a prisoner give this whole, like, speech anyway? I've never... I don't... Yeah, like, <laughs> they... Tyrion runs the show here and chooses Bran Stark as... The King of Westeros. Bran um, the Broken. Bran That's the Broken. That's so insulting. It's, it's pretty messed up. Like, you can call him, like, Bran the Wise or something. The Three-Eyed Raven. Anything anything else of his important titles. Speaking Just, of the Three-Eyed Raven, what happened to Bran not being Bran Stark anymore? But as soon as the Iron Throne comes available, he's like, hey, guys, remember me? I'm Bran Stark. Like, yeah. <laughs> they 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 ask him to be the king. He goes, well, "Why the fuck do you think I came down here?" Or like, you know, he's like, "Oh, I can't be a lord. I can't do this. I don't want." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm back. The fuck, you know, I wanted this. What? Who?" Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I think the whole issue with it is I don't care if Bran ended up being the king, but it just feels so. I do because why? Well, I mean, it, if the I feel like it's unearned. I. Would be totally okay. Like, if in the books, if Bran ends up on the throne um, because George R. R. Martin wrote it, like, I at least have expectations and reason to expect that it's going to be well thought out and shown. Like, well thought it, out because it's taking him like eight years to finish the book. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's taking him a while to write the books, but at least they're taking the time and not rushing through things like the last two seasons of Game of Thrones have felt like they <laughs> at are. At the writers. Um, and it's just. I, I, I don't know. Like, so many out-of-character things happening. Like, we're taught that Bran doesn't want anything anymore, doesn't care. He even says he's not really Bran and all that stuff. But all of a sudden, he's cool with being king. And I don't know, man. I still really think that, um, that John should have been the king. Like, I get that it's... I get that the hero doesn't always end up on the throne or anything like that, but John has united so many people together, not for his own gain, but for the people. He managed to bring the wildlings and the Night's Watch together to fight against one common enemy. He managed to convince Daenerys to join his cause and got everybody through the long, not so long night, only to, I don't know. Only I don't to... Know go hang out with the wildlings at the end and make some wars and be in a camp. Like, but. <laughs> yeah, like Tyrion says that the the reason that Bran should be king is because he's got the best story and apparently he knows all the stories, which is all well and good, but doesn't that make him the best choice for advisor? Like well, a hand of the king or a master of whispers? Well, side note, every freaking episode for the last two seasons, or ever since he's known, so what, season and one episode last season, 
where, no, not even, when he found out that he was a Targaryen, he's repeatedly said, I don't want it, I don't want it, she's my queen. We know he's never wanted the throne, so even if he was chosen, he would just sit there and cry again about how he doesn't want it, so it would have been pointless to choose him. Well, apparently... Bran didn't want to be king, but he did, and Tyrion didn't want to be yeah, hand. Yeah, because he's a snake. He didn't want to be hand, but he's still They're both the snakes. hand. I mean, uh, I don't know. Side note, and I'm going to probably get a lot of backlash, probably not because only like 10 people are ever going to listen to this, <laughs> Uh-oh. but I'm just annoyed at Sansa Snar- Snark Stark <laughs> because... You know, Tyrion starts talking about, oh, well, we should choose Bran. And out of nowhere, she just starts bashing her brother. He can't bear kids. He doesn't want this. He's crippled. She, I don't think he actually directly, she doesn't actually directly say that. But, you know, she starts bashing him. And then out of nowhere, she's like, well, I, you know, the North is going to be free anyway, so I don't really care. But she's only saying that for her own good because she just wanted to be queen herself. And she knew she couldn't be queen of Westro- Westeros. So she's just yeah. out for this for her own good. Like, she was just being selfish. And I think that's annoying. It's frustrating. And I'm not happy with it. I see what you're saying. All that, like, I do think that it was, a, like, a, a, just a little grab for power or whatever. I mean, and because Bran is her brother, like, and apparently he cares but doesn't care about anything. It was like, okay, cool. Like she I mean, Sansa, trying to drag him because he was a favored Stark in this point. Sure, yeah. I mean, Sansa does deserve to rule over something. Like, she definitely should be Lady Stark, Lady of Winterfell. No, like, that's, now that's Queen deserved. of Winterfell. Yeah, like, that's yeah. cool and all that. I mean, she, for all I care, I think Sansa would have been a better choice for Queen of Westeros, you know? I mean, at that point, over Bran, but... Yeah, like, she has the experience in King's Landing. She is a beloved character all across Westeros like she's a powerful woman I think she deserved it over Bran like the reason why they go through Bran Bran was gone for like 10 years they you know they talk about his stories his story but his story wasn't even relevant to put in season five like he was absent for that whole season which I mean I think he would have been better for the plot because we got the Dornish plot which is absolutely terrible and like, they so. A lot of people love that plot. You're like I, the only person in the world that like hates no, the plot. Oh no, I am not the only person in the world that hates the Dornish plot. I know a lot of people. You that should love go that plot. on Reddit. You're I right. don't go on Reddit for anything, but nothing. <laughs> no, I mean it's it, we're we're kind of getting off the rails here, but uh, Oberyn Martell was such as a cool character and we only had him for one season we all loved him and when we found out they were getting more of the dornish plot and seeing more of his people and family i was really excited for that i think a lot of people were but it was just so poorly written and convoluted that now the leader of dorn can you name that person there if anybody can tell me that person is that who that guy was yeah he's the representative of dorn which is one of the major kingdoms like who was he? I don't know. Nobody knows. Just a random guy in yellow. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that's just <laughs> a random guy in yellow. I think that's just kind <laughs> was of was it yellow or was it gold? Yeah, it was like yeah. But I really think that's one of the parts that this show has started to fail at, and really gone away from really making Game of Thrones feel like a. Um, and when I say Game of Thrones, I mean Westeros feeling like a real, living, breathing place. Through earlier seasons, the people that were in power in different places were super important you would know the comings and goings via ravens and all that but we don't even know the name of this guy and he's the ruler of dorn one of the most powerful and influential areas in the realm and i think that that's just 
pretty annoying and not knowing who someone is that's there in one of the most important scenes in the entire show, literally deciding the fate of Westeros and nobody knows him. I think that's just uh, egregious. And that's what I think people are complaining about this last season as a whole is that there's so many random loose plots like that. But I don't know if that's people like you pointing that out because I think no one else has even, you know, no one else is even really talking about that, like this random Dornish guy sitting there. Is that something that most people are pointing out? Like, is that because you as a super fan? I mean, I asked that watching yesterday with you, but no one else is talking about that. Well, I mean, I have had some people, you know, in my conversations today in the aftermath of this, um, talking about asking me, who's that guy? Who's this person? Who's that? And, um, you know, like, I don't want to seem like I'm like a know-it-all or anything, but like when I say, oh, I don't know, they're like, what do you mean you don't know? Right. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, can anybody tell me? But that's concerning. You know what I mean? It's that yes. even the person that, but that's kind of, you know, a good thing that you know so much about something, but that's also a bad thing that the series finale, that there's so many random things that you don't know, like that sh- there shouldn't be so many loose ends to something. It should be a tying together and it's right. those random plot holes. But the way they tied a lot of the things here together in a pretty little bow as some of the things that I hate the most about this finale. Like, for example, um, I mean, Arya going west, like, that's cool. That's in her character, whatever. Um, It makes sense for her to be out there in adventure. We knew she wasn't going to be a lady of any household, and she's... She's going to go discover America. She's going to go discover America, yeah. Christopher Columbus. (laughs) Arya Columbus is coming through. Um, But, like, the thing with Jon and... Like, it's whatever, he's alive, like, that's uh, all fan and dandy, I guess, but um, his quote-unquote punishment is to go and serve a life sentence at the Night's Watch, which, why is there a Night's Watch? Um, yeah, what, are the, what else is there to watch? The, the threat of the White Walkers and the Night King is over. Uh, the Wildlings are pretty chill now, like, what's left of the, you know, the, uh, the Night's Watch, even. Um, Which is there? Any, was there even anyone left there besides Tormund? Like, um, I mean, there, there's there's like two or three guys very few that were there. Very few unnamed characters, like people we don't know exactly. And now the wall is part of the kingdom of the nor- north. So why is that like the people of Westeros and that leadership to decide? And because it was it's all a free just now, yeah. and it was all just to appease Grey Worm. Who just gets on a boat with and Unsullied leaves. and leaves He's off to the of island Westeros. Wrath. Why like, does it matter? Yeah. yeah. Like, so what was stopping John from going to the north and then Sansa just having him live out his days in Winterfell and helping her rule? You, you the, the people that you were worried about having a war with literally leave the continent and it doesn't seem that they're ever going to come back and why would they? And the Greyjoys, like, okay, you think that the Greyjoys are going to pose a threat to... The whole entirety of the North. It's not just Winterfell that Sansa is the king. Uh, sorry, the queen of. It's the entire North, the largest kingdom in the realm. Isn't like half the Iron Islands like gone anyway? Yeah, a lot of them are dead, and the, the Iron Islands are tiny. The last sorry, time, are there like only four ships left or some. The, the last time when they tried to stage a, a revolt, um, Balon Greyjoy, which was Yara and Theon's father, he got destroyed. He was a little tiny island. That's exactly. That's when they took Theon and made him. Ooh, I know something. You know something. (laughs) Um, That's when they took Theon and they made him a ward at Winterfell. And Ned Stark, you know, 
that, that whole story of like the that, Game of Thrones. That's whole story. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go get into telling the entire story, but just like think I don't know. At the end, John had no consequences for killing Daenerys besides Saving his heart kingdom. being broken, and like I feel for him and all that, but I don't know. I just hate that these stories had to be wrapped up with a pretty little bow because that's that's not Game of Thrones. Uh, to me, at least. I think it just sucked that, like... I don't know if it sucked, but everyone kind of hyped, like, oh, everyone's going to die, and it's going to be all this bloodshed, and, yeah, it turned out to... John's going to go camping with his dog, his wolf, hanging out with his friend Tormund. You know, Arya's going to go sail west. Sansa's on her pretty little throne. Yeah, and, like... We're going to live happily ever after the end. And it's like, okay, well... I mean, I've never read the books, granted, but... I thought everyone was going to die. There's going to be, like, bodies hanging from the ceiling. And it's like, okay, well, that's what I expected. And, I mean, a lot of people did die. Like, yeah, but, like... <laughs> like, half of a million people in King's Landing died. Yeah, but, I know. That sucks. I agree, but... <laughs> well, I mean, just... Yeah, so just to wrap up John's whole thing, um, he goes to the wall and then immediately seems to abandon the nice watch and he's just going to live his days out as uh, a free folk. Like... And there's some people being like, oh, that's like super poetic and beautiful. John being the king of the free folk. No, he's not going to be king. He was the king. king. He was just chilling. Well, no, I'm saying like people that I've talked to um, are like, oh, that's great. Um, but John's not going to be king. He's never wanted to be king of anything in his life. Um, he's been put in a position to grab that power. And more importantly, the free folk don't want or need a king. Like the only time that they actually had Mance Raider, the king beyond the wall, was because death was literally coming from them all and they needed somebody to unite them and bring them south of the wall. And that was a whole Mance Raider plot line. But enough about John. Uh, speaking of Pretty Little Bows, we do have a few other people to talk about and that's the new uh, leadership in King's Landing. Um, do you want to start with Sam? Oh, he's the... Meister? Yeah, Sam's the new Grand Meister, so he's like... Uh, Potions man. Pycelle. Well, he's, he's everything. He's like a... Healer man. Healer man, sure. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, supposed to be like one of the most knowledgeable people on there and handle all of the comings and goings, whatever. I like that for Sam's story. Like, I'm okay with that ending. Um, but huge eye roll moment was when Sam brings in that book and he's talking about it. And guess what the name of the book is? A Song of Ice and Fire. No, I was like, what oh. kind of shit? I was like, this is stupid. I mean, yeah, I I could see it coming. We were like, <laughs> a mile away. Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> I mean, like, shut up. Uh, again, whatever. Um, the rest of the small council there, you have uh, Sir Bronn of the Blackwater, who's now Lord Paramount of the Reach. Uh, which was the previous holdings of the Tyrells. I'm sad. Um, I like them a lot. Well, yeah, a lot of people like them. Rip. But, yeah, rip. Um, and he's also the master of coin. Like, okay, whatever. The fact that Bronn's still alive in the show is, like, a marvel. Is I mean, he dead in the books? The same way, I mean, in the books, he's not dead, but he's just, like... Irrelevant? Not, yeah, he's not really important. He served his purpose in the earlier... Uh, in the earlier chapters of the book, but, you know, since he was a fan favorite, he got to live on. I was going to say, then, um, why is he so important? That's dumb. Yeah, but whatever. You know, his, his debt has been fully repaid by Tyrion Lannister and the Crown. Um, Sir Davos is master of ships, 
which is pretty cool for him, I, I like guess. Him a lot. Like, yeah, I like him he's a lot. A real G. Another one that's like, wow, you're still alive. Good for you. Yeah, like he, um, but he deserves to live. He's a nice man. He is a nice man. He's one of the few good men. Yeah, so like, um, I appreciate him living. We have uh, Brienne of Tarth becoming the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard. Thank you. Um, yep. Shout out. Sure. I mean, yeah. Like I'm saying, I, I like. I like where these people end up. I just don't like the execution of it. I like which is her my biggest writing thing. Jamie's like story down. That down. that was that, that was, was like sweet. That was nice. I will give her that. You know, um, yeah. That whole, that whole Jamie, what a scumbag, man. He could have he could have just lived with Brienne, but and lived lived lived. Yeah, emphasis on the lived. Yeah, but um, I mean, whatever. But yeah, Brienne Brienne gave him the nice little ending um, to his She's such a good his woman, story. Man. She is, man. Shout out to Brienne. Like Brienne should be on the throne. Uh, yeah, um, like well, she should have won at this point. It would have made more sense. So yeah, she ends t- uh, Jamie's story with he died. She ends protecting it his honorably, queen, honorably, which like which is might ass. be more than what Jamie deserves. That's what I'm saying. Um, Podrick Payne, he gets knighted and selected for the King's what Guard. What a guy. <laughs> like, good for him. Like, another guy. Um, These people deserve this. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying that they don't. But I'm not like, saying you did either, but it's just they do. I'm not saying they don't. Yeah, but <laughs> it just the execution of it. I think it's a real shame that everything seems so rushed and, at this point, to me, unearned. Um, all these endings. It's like... it It's... It really feels like fan fiction at this point. And ultimately, that's what it is. Without um, uh, the two Ds having George's material to go off of, you know. Um, and uh, and to that point, like, how much can we really disparage them or discredit them? If I, I could challenge anybody else to come up with something better, if they were just given the... Bare minimum. The bare minimums, the ideas of what actually happens in the ending on, you know, Telling them to just fill out the rest of the plot. It, it was a massive undertaking. and I wouldn't be able to do it. I would just write a bunch of question marks and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of what I'm doing now. Yeah. So. We're just trying to make sense of all of it. But I don't know. Um, also, like, side note, when he comes in, Brand, he's like, oh, we need a master of whispers. Why? You know everything in the freaking universe. What do you need a whisper for? Exactly. That's why my point of Brand, like, sh- needing to be an advisor, Brand would have been the ultimate master of whispers. You literally probably couldn't even, let alone whisper, think yeah. something wrong without Brand being able to know about it. He also it. comes in, he's like, where's Drogon? And then he just goes, right. okay, and like leaves. Yeah, so can't you like go fly a little raven and go find him? Yeah, we're a little all over the place right now with his Sorry. ending, but I feel like the whole <laughs> show is all over the place at this point. Um, That's our. I don't know. I think I just I don't I don't feel good about this ending. I just don't. I don't know. I'm bummed. I, I I didn't feel anything, and that makes me sad. Like this show and series that I've come to love for the past what nine ten years or so. I've already um, felt something the last year and a half, so I'm, <laughs> I'm not as attached as you. The, the one thing that I think could have like really saved it, like just imagine, and I'm just—I heard somebody else say this, uh, so just to give the full credit. But like, what if when John was saying goodbye to Bran and he's apologizing for uh, not being able to be there when he needed him, and you know, Bran says, "You're exactly where you're supposed to be," like. What if there's just some inkling or something to show that maybe Bran was pulling the strings the entire time and he always wanted to be on the throne 
or maybe it's not even brand. Maybe it's his whole three-eyed raven possession business, and somehow, uh, you know, Blood Raven, aka Brendan Rivers, like took control of his body or something. I don't know. Who? Just, <laughs> the guy in the tree, the top brand, everything. Oh, but um, the creepy old man. Yes, but I don't know. Just something, <sighs> something to leave me with that little bit of intrigue and like ah, because I can tell you one thing: it's not what is John doing beyond the wall. I don't care or what is aria sailing west for like we'll please, find out in the sequels please don't make a spin-off do they that. are you know this especially since she killed the night king and everyone like blew up about it <laughs> going back a little bit to the beginning like for aria's purpose in this episode she was just in king's landing apparently in the beginning to say i know what a killer looks like no shit. Everybody that, that was, was there so annoying. I was in like, King's Shut Landing up. knows what a killer looks like. We just saw Her Daenerys Targaryen. Everybody. She slaughtered the city. That was so annoying. Ugh. Well, I think we've talked about pretty much everything that we can about this episode. Um, Portia, how many stars would you give this episode out of 10? 10? Oh, I thought we were going to do 5. 10, I will give it probably like... I don't know, a six and a half? Wow, that's exactly what I said earlier. Yeah, wow. six and a half. I feel exactly the same way. Um, season as a whole, what do you think? Season as a whole, I'll give it, are we still out of 10? Sure, out of 10. Out of 10. I'll give it mm, a six. Wow, six. I, I ranked it a slightly higher. I gave it like a seven. You know, it had some pretty big moments, you know, payoffs that we've been wanting to see, but I don't know. They should have just made season seven and eight, each 10 episodes, given more time for us to get here. And for me personally, it would have felt more earned where everything ended off. But I think it's because I had just more expectations for it. Maybe because everyone was just hyping it up, like social media, talking around, like everyone's like, oh, I'm, you know, we've been waiting so many years for this. We have such high expectations. Everyone's going to die. Who's going to be on the throne? And for someone who joined this so late and was just mm-hmm. joining the game so late and you know I knew these characters and I knew kind of what was going on but I had to catch up so late I had all these high expectations and you know I I didn't really like Daenerys at first and now of course everyone's like Ugh. but I don't know I expected the ending to be a lot better and this is honestly the second show ever I've fully finished and actually watched a finale what was the first breaking bad so great show (laughs) exactly and that was such a good finale and left me in tears and i i don't know i felt fulfilled and heartbroken and excited watching that and i expected that with this and i just kind of uh got up and went home and went to bed and didn't really (laughs) feel anything after watching this and that's not what I wanted, and that kind of upset me. So, Well, it's all over now. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, and the thing that I have solace in, is that for me, the story isn't over. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I get a conclusion to this saga of A Song of Ice and Fire that I'm happy with, and I have a lot of faith in George R. R. Martin. I am desperately hoping that uh, he just says, you know what? Both books are finished. Here you go. Eat your heart out. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was our thoughts on the finale of Game of Thrones. Um, I am actually starting my reread of the entire series. Uh, I said that I was going to do it after the show. I'm going to take a little bit of time off, 
escape Westeros a little bit, clear my head, revisit the books, and then eventually revisit the show. I do hope to start the book eventually after I finish the book I'm reading now. Um, no guarantee to when I'll start it because I'm slow at starting everything, but... <laughs> You know, maybe I will. It does include an interactive map on the book that AJ bought. Yeah. So I do like interactive maps. It will help me read it because I'm more of a picture learner. So that'll be fun. Yeah, we're slow starters. We decided to do a podcast after Game of Thrones ended. Yeah, um, whatever. It's fine. But something you guys can look forward to is if you're itching for some more Game of Thrones content, um, we are going to be reviewing the special that HBO is putting out about the making of Game of Thrones. So the journey doesn't end here. We're going to you know, watch it, or at least I will. Um, I was like, I guess I am now. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about it. Probably just a little quick mini episode. But uh, Portia and I are going to continue the conversations around all things pop culture uh, she has got me watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Get excited. The season finale <laughs> is next week. We're going to review the top four queens and our reviews on who's going to win. Team Evie, bitch the fuck. Yeah, we're we're uh, <laughs> we're reversing roles here. Portia's the RuPaul expert, and I'm the uh, novice on that. The straight man who doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> um, but... Uh, we are constantly going to the movies and watching everything that's popular right now. If you have something that you want us to check out and hear our opinions on it, let us know. You can reach us wherever podcasts are sold and distributed. and uh, <laughs> Or in real life, I guess. <laughs> or in real life, if you know us, feel free to say hey. Um, but look out for our social media to come soon. We're going to make sure to link all of that. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this first episode of AJ and Porsche's Declassified Pop Culture Survival Guide. God, that's a mouthful. Um, but I'm AJ. And I'm Porsche. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.